0: Picking up where we left off with negligence and the professional standard of care, I believe we stopped at Scotty Bradford. I don't know if we finished uh, talking about Scotty Bradford or if we talked about it at all. So I'm gonna just, I'm not gonna talk about the facts of the case. I just want to mention that there are. Elements for this informed consent principle that we've been talking about. So, in order for a patient to show that there was a lack of informed consent, they need to prove, first, that there was not adequate information about the material risk, two, had they been informed, they would not have accepted the treatment, and three, there must be a harm or injury of the treatment because I can't recall whether or not I've talked about in the past, I want to make sure I go over all three of those elements. Uh, We started with the second element today, but starting at the first. For this first element, informing requires adequate information about, first, the treatment, two, the available alternatives, and three, the risks. And we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode that there are actually other things that a patient should be informed and aware about. There aren't exceptions to this rule. Now that I'm saying this, I feel like I've said this before, but if everybody should know that that this is something that you should know, meaning if it's so obvious, and then you don't need to inform. If it's an emergency, you don't need to inform. And if it's in the best interest of the patient's care, you don't need to inform, but be very careful with that one. Courts don't like that one. For the second element, the plaintiff needs to show that they would not have accepted treatment had they been informed of the risk. This is a causation thing, meaning had they been informed, or but for they were informed, as you recall is, uh learning that principle in another class, but for had I been informed, this would not have happened. I would not have taken this risk. And this is a subjective test. There's arguments to do this both objectively and subjectively, but the courts determined that we should do this one subjectively, and that's because there is personal autonomy. And people should have a say in what actually happens to their body, not what the reasonable person should say happens to their body. For the third and final element, if there is a lack of information about a risk, and then that risk occurred, well then... That's that's sufficient to show that there was a lack of informed consent and they can be guilty of negligence. This third element, so let's just give an example. So say that you're going through a procedure. There's a risk that you could have a stroke, but you're not told about the stroke, and then it turns out that you go and have the procedure and then you have a stroke. That would be an example of meeting the third element. Okay. We have an example of variations of informed consent. The first one is going to be Moore versus the Regents of the University of California. Moore was a patient, turns out it, it, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Turns out his cells were especially good for medical research. Uh, they ended up being used in products, things like that, and Moore had no clue. And he had moved. And he was coming back, he thought for treatment, but it turns out it was for this research and this economic interest. And he was not informed of that. And the court said that he should be informed of that. So, in more biggest takeaway is that when the doctor has research or economic interest, they need to disclose that interest to the patient. What are some other examples that someone might need to disclose to the patient? What about their experience or training, meaning this is the first time I've ever done this procedure? Is that something that needs to be disclosed? And that is something that the courts have said, yes, that needs to be disclosed. Uh, what about another case as far as my a case in Anderson? Does a person need to disclose that they just had rehab for substance abuse, abuse? And the courts say that's, yes, something that needs to disclose. And you can see why people would want this to be disclosed as far as the interests or what's going on with the doctor, not just what's going on with their body. This doesn't just apply to medical practices though. What about an attorney who tells somebody who says, I've never lost a case in my life on this issue and I never will, and then he goes on and he loses a case. Well, the courts here said that they're not negligent because that was a statement that up to that point was true. Because of all these things, though, there's a lot of medical malpractice cases that occur, and it becomes quite difficult to litigate medical malpractice, quite expensive, because there's been quite a few reforms to make that easier. But that is finishing up our informed consent discussion on this professional standard of care.